Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench on a massive weekend of sport. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock, wrapping up everything that's going on. Coming up between now and 7, loads of Gaelic games for you. It's a huge night in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. A whole host of matches on. We will preview all of them. Also, big night of ladies football today and tonight as well. We'll preview and review all the action in the ladies football Big night for Cove Ramblers tonight in the FAI Cup too. They host League of Ireland champions Dundalk tomorrow evening in the FAI Cup. We'll preview that game and hear from boss Stuart Ashton and some more of the Cove Ramblers camp as well. Munster in action as well tomorrow. We'll preview their game against Connacht on Sunday. And we're going to hear from Cork golfer James Sugru, who is going to be heading off very, very soon to the US Open and the US Masters. All to come between now and seven. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, good evening. We are live on the Big Red Bench until 7 o'clock. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you. I'm on my own in the studio today. I feel a little bit lonely. I had Tomas O'Leary next to me last week, so I'm, I'm all on my own today. But we have got so much going on, and I have so many people joining me across the show as well. Dennis Hurley joining me very, very shortly uh, to preview all of the, tonight actually, all of tonight's big GAA action. Jer McCarthy will be joining me as well a little bit later on to uh, to preview and review some of the ladies' football over the weekend, and also look ahead to the Beamish Cup final in Turner's Cross tomorrow. We're going to hear, as I said, from the Cove Ramblers camp. A big weekend there for Cove Ramblers too. Also going to hear from Munster and uh, looking forward to chatting to Cork golfer James Sugru later on in the show, closer to 7 o'clock. James, as you might know, um, won the Irish Amateur Championships um, last year and uh, got him into uh, a whole host of wonderful opportunities like going to the US Open and going to the US Masters. But both of those were postponed. He was also supposed to go to the Memorial Championship um, over in the States earlier on this summer. He didn't make it over there due to travel restrictions and issues with visas and so on. So the Masters was postponed. Obviously, that should have taken place in April. The US Open was postponed. It's now taking place next month. The Masters will take place in November. And James is going over there. He's going to play in the US Open. He's going to go to Augusta and play in the US Masters as well, representing Ireland, representing Cork. So we'll chat to James. Uh, very interesting story and, and a frustrating year for him, I suppose, uh, with all the postponements, as it is for many people in sport in general this year. So looking forward to chatting to him later on. Two, uh, lots going on today. Let's round up some of the action for you. Uh, uh, Gaelic Games, as I said, it's a very, very busy evening ahead in the final round of group games taking place in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. A whole load of matches tonight. Um, Black Rock, the Rockies taking on Bishopstown. Aaron's own taking on Newtown Shandrum as well. Uh, all these games are at 7 o'clock. Glen Rovers and the Piercing, another uh, big one there. Uh, Middleton and Douglas. Sars are taking on Ballyhay. And the Bars, St. Finn Bars taking on Carrick Tool as well. All of those games, as I said, throwing in at 7pm this evening. Dennis Hurley is going to be joining joining us in just a few minutes to preview um, some and all of those matches actually uh, elsewhere ladies football senior semi-finals weekend as well uh, Moran Abbey had a very comfortable win and I actually think comfortable is probably playing it down they had they had a, a huge win over Air Ogue in Whitechurch earlier on this afternoon I'll be chatting to Ger about this a little bit later on because I think this is an incredible scoreline. It's a 40-point margin. Uh, the final score there was Moran Abbey 11-12, Air Oag 5 points. Uh, that's that's some scoring for Moran Abbey in fairness. Uh, so Ger will wrap that up for us a little bit later on and uh, he's going to be at the West Cork Ladies and I had a game in Cloduff, the other semi-final at 6.30 this evening as well. So we'll get him on before that game throws in. 
Um, elsewhere today uh, the new season has officially gotten underway in England the, the the previous season has only just finished it feels like the, the FA Cup final was only I think two weeks ago or something um, so I mean it's mad because of Covid how the season went on until you know last week Champions League final FA, FA Cup final and so on but uh, now it is the Community Shield I still I'm old school I still call it the Charity Shield for some reason but it is the Community Shield and it has been the Community Shield probably for 10 or 12 years now at this stage and as Premier League champions, Liverpool taking on FA Cup winners Arsenal in the Community Shield at Wembley. And uh, just to get you the latest score on that, actually, it is just a goal in that game just now. Um, and it's Liverpool have equalised because Arsenal were 1-0 up on Liverpool there for most of the game. Following an early enough uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang goal, he put Arsenal 1-up after 12 minutes. A lovely goal from Aubameyang, actually well worked and a nice finish for him. And Arsenal will be delighted to probably more than likely be holding on to him for the season now because there was a lot of talk that Aubameyang would be leaving Arsenal and, and going somewhere where he might win more trophies and so on. But who knows, he might win the much-coveted Community Shield today. Uh, Liverpool have equalised just on 73 minutes there. And it is Minamino who signed for Liverpool towards the uh, the kind of the middle to the end of last season. So it's one all in that game with about um, 15 minutes left to play on the clock there. That will go to extra time and penalties if necessary. So we'll keep the, keep you up to date on that uh, Arsenal-Liverpool game in the, not the Charity Shield column, the Community Shield uh, right across the show as well. Uh, but 15 minutes left on that. But as I said, could go to extra time and penalties. Uh, plenty more action football-wise today as well. Earlier on, Chelsea beat Manchester City 2-0 in the Women's Community Shield, which was the curtain raiser uh, at Wembley today. So um, fans returned as well, actually, for the first time to an English top-flight stadium for the first time since March today. Now, this wasn't at Wembley, but it was kind of a trial run at Brighton's Amex Stadium. Brighton had a friendly against Chelsea earlier on today. And they're trialling this because they, they're hoping to have uh, supporters back in stadiums in England by October, by early October, which is only about five weeks away, really. And um, they had two and a half thousand spectators attending Brighton's friendly against Chelsea today at the Amex. By all accounts, it went okay. Um, uh, they're going to review it and they're going to analyse it and they're going to see um, how they can do it with more and more spectators gradually. The talk is there'll be 30% uh, capacity at Premier League games by early October, which kind of, if they can do it in England, you're kind of going, why are there such restrictions on sporting events here? I mean, we can't have anyone at any matches at the moment apart from players, coaching staff, Staff, media and so on, be it GAA, rugby, soccer, any sport. So, I mean, if you're having uh, thousands of fans, obviously socially distanced and uh, well spread out in big stadiums in England, why can't they do it here? But you know what? Uh, maybe they're going to monitor, monitor how it goes in England and uh, decide if we're going to do it here. And hopefully it's sooner rather than later. And hopefully um, it can be done safely and uh, keeping everyone kind of safe and so on. Um, but they are doing their best there. There was also um, a bit of a crowd at Murrayfield last night in the rugby in Scotland as well. I think they had about a thousand supporters there, which is, which is nothing really in a, in a 60,000 seater stadium and very, very easy to socially distance. So we'll see how that plays out. But very, very interesting that they are trialling that at the moment in the UK. Elsewhere, Rangers can open up a three-point gap at the summit of the Scottish Premiership this evening, at least until tomorrow. And it looks like they are going to go up that, open up that three-point gap because Stephen Gerrard's side are away to Hamilton. And the score there at the moment, it is Rangers 2-0 up on Hamilton. Great name for a club, Hamilton Academical. And uh, that puts them three points ahead of Hibs until tomorrow, at least. Celtic are quite a bit back. Celtic are nine points behind Rangers, but they have played three games less. Celtic are in action tomorrow against Motherwell. Uh, three o'clock kickoff there. Um, and uh, Celtic obviously had a couple of 
the games postponed due to uh, COVID issues with Bolly Bolangoli um, heading off to Spain on a jolly up on a bit of a holiday and not quarantining when he came back and not telling anyone about it. Uh, got Celtic into a bit of trouble and now he's in a bit of trouble himself because he has been suspended for five matches with two of those uh, suspended. So he's, he's really suspended for three matches. Um, elsewhere today, lots of other stuff going on over the weekend. Uh, there's two games this evening in the second round of the FBI Cup. Um, Drada and Derry City is underway. We'll get you a score on that very, very shortly. And later on, Bray welcome Finn Harps to the Carlisle Grounds at a quarter to eight. There were a couple of games last night as well, including... Uh, John Caulfield former Cork City manager um, uh, he his first game as Galway United manager unfortunately uh, despite a very spirited display it looked like they were going to get a result they missed a penalty earlier on but uh, they ended up with a few late goals from Shelburne a high scoring game 5-2 Shelburne beat Galway last night so unfortunately for John Caulfield um, not the best of starts there but uh, they were playing a Premier Division club against the First Division club last night and we're hoping to have John on for a chat here on the Big Red Bench in the next couple of weeks as well so looking forward to uh, to chatting to John because it's been a while uh, rugby, there's more Guinness Pro 14 rugby to look forward to this evening. Leinster and Ulster meet at an empty Aviva Stadium. Again, you know, you're seeing they're bringing back crowds over the UK. It's going to be empty at the Aviva tonight. Leo Collins' side will be looking to maintain their 100% record this season, while the Northern Province will hope to bounce back from defeat to Connacht last weekend. Both teams are already assured of places in the last four. Kickoff in the Aviva is at 25-8 to tonight. Uh, golf, Rory McIlroy is in a tie for the lead as he prepares for his third round of the BMW Championship in Chicago he'll tee off just before 7pm Irish time from one under par against American uh, Patrick Cantlay so uh, best of luck to Rory McIlroy there cycling is back as well the 107th Tour de France got underway today in Nice with a 170 kilometre opening stage around the city that sounds beautiful doesn't it uh, Ireland riders Nicholas Roach Dan Martin and Sam Bennett are all part of the peloton with sprinter Bennett uh, competing in the Tour de France for the first time ever so best of luck to all the Irish there as well and in Formula 1 Lewis Hamilton will start in a pole position for tomorrow's Belgian Formula 1 Grand Prix the 35 year old finished ahead of his Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas uh, Red Bull's Max Verstappen qualified third with Renault's Daniel Ricciardo alongside him on the second row of the grid alright we'll return now to um, Gaelic Games as I mentioned a whole host of fixtures taking place in um, the Premier Senior Hurling Championship group stages slashes they're all getting underway from 7pm this evening uh, so much going on uh, and it's very very exciting so we're joined on the line by Dennis Hurley now who's going to take a look for us at what's at stake on a huge night of hurling in Cork and it really really is a big night isn't that right Dennis? Yeah Colm it's uh, it, it's kind of like a, a super Saturday I suppose you'd call it um, you know there's there's uh, there's six games on this evening and uh, there's kind of something riding on, on every one of them pretty much um, and I suppose the biggest pity is that you know people the people that can watch them will only be able to do so on a, a stream on their computer or phone rather than actually being at them because there's the potential for some real real entertainment tonight. Uh, I suppose the best thing is to just go through them group, group by group. Uh, group A, Sarsfield has secured top spot in that because they beat Middleton and Douglas, but they're playing Bally Hay, who are out, but even, even though even though Sars was finished first and Bally Hay was finished fourth, they're still something to play for in that game because Sarah's will be looking to try and get enough of a scoring difference to take the, the top spot which will put them in the semi-finals then obviously Bally Hay I suppose of a tall order to try and avoid the relegation playoff but the big game in that group is the other one Middleton and Douglas and Barkley Creed because it's effectively a shootout for a place in the quarterfinals each of them have lost to Sarah's and beaten Bally Hay so they're, they're level on two points um, 
Middleton do have a slightly better scoring difference so if it was to be a draw they'd go through but otherwise it's a, it's a winner take all game then Group B it's a similar situation the group winners is already decided because Blackrock can't be passed out by Aaron Zone or Newtown Chandram they're playing Bishopstone who have lost to the other two teams so same situation Blackrock looking to get to the semi-final spot Bishopstone looking to um, to evade the, the relegation match and then Aaron's own and uh, Newtown duking it out um, for for uh, for second place uh, um, Aaron's own again have the scoring difference advantage so if it, if it does finish in a draw they'll go through in second but it, it's to all intents and purposes a knockout game and then Group C it's um, it, it's kind of a funny one because Glen Rovers have four points so they're definitely true but they're not definitely guaranteed to finish top because they're playing the Pearsig who have three points and if the Pearsig were to win that game in Park during this evening they'd actually finish top with the Glen on second um, the Glen likewise would be looking to get the win to to try and get the semi-final spot they have a scoring difference of, um, of, of 16 at the moment but a win or a draw will, will ensure that they finish first in the group anyway and they did have a higher seeding for the quarterfinals. Uh, if it was a draw, the uh, Pearsley would be guaranteed to finish second as well. But if the Glen win, then it'll all come down to what happens in the other game where Caratool, who have one point, are playing St. Finn Barrett, who have yet to pick up a point. So if Caratool were to win that and the Glen were to beat Pearsley and there was a, a 14 point swing in terms of scoring difference, uh, Caratool would actually. Um, would actually go through in second place in that situation and then unfortunately for the Bears their scoring difference is minus 26 at the moment so they need a huge win um, to avoid being one of the bottom two sides in the, in the, the rankings which would de- determine the, uh, the relegation playoff Alright great stuff Dennis we'll leave you go thanks a million um, to Dennis Hurley there taking a look at what's at stake on a huge night of hurling in Cork a whole host of games in the final round of the Premier Senior Hurling Championship group stages clashes as we said all games getting underway throwing in from 7pm this evening so keep an eye on the Big Red Bench Twitter page for some updates on them later on as well well as you heard from Dennis one of the big games tonight is the battle between Douglas and Middleton in Porky Cueve both sides are level on two points heading into the final game this evening and Aidan has been speaking with both managers we'll start with Middleton boss Ger Fitzgerald Middleton senior hurling manager Ger Fitzgerald joins me on the line to look ahead to Saturday's final group game against Douglas in the Cork Senior Premier Hurling County Championship Ger thanks for taking time to speak to us no bother the pleasure lad uh, first of all, how do you reflect on the opening two games of this year's competition? Um, interesting, I suppose, overall, Aidan. We, um, we had a, an interesting game against Sales, particularly. Um, we started real well and we're in the game for a good while. Um, Sales came strong in the, the third quarter, as we call it, and, um, and they, 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 they beat us, obviously, then, which we would have been disappointed with the result. We felt that there was a lot more in us, and uh, we didn't do ourselves justice throughout 60 minutes. With credit to Sales, they were very good and uh, they ran out worthy winners. We've no dispute with that. I think we um, we had a tough 40 minutes with Belly Hay, um, and after that we sort of kicked into gear a little bit. and got a couple of scores, and they had a man or two put off, and that shifted the, the dynamic of the game. So we'd have been pleased with the with the Belly Hay match, and not so pleased with the, with the Sales game. But overall, I think we, we've learned a little bit about how we're progressing, and um, we're looking forward to Douglas now. You mentioned there, uh, kind of the third quarter of, of the game against Sars. How have you, 
how have you felt with the way the games have gone with the water breaks and stuff do you almost see it now as as a game of four quarters well it is it's a bit like basketball actually you have to manage the, the situation in terms of the um, momentum changing because you, you, you could be in the ascendancy and all of a sudden you, you're, you're, you're down for a minute which, which actually turns out to be two or three so um, it's a situation we've uh, we've learned to cope with. Uh, it's okay. I think I understand why it's there, obviously, and I'm sure it's there for the for the best of the players. And it's just it's across the board, so we just have to cope with it. But we've no real problem with it. Um, there are very few teams guaranteed their spot in the next round, of course, and every game has a huge impact on the standings. Your second, your level on points with Douglas, who you play Saturday. So it's it's winner takes all, isn't it? Well, it is, and I suppose to be fair, after you after we lost our first game. From then on, every game is um, every game is a, is a, is a winner takes all game in, in, in our minds because we had to, we had to beat Belly here, which we did thankfully, and now we have to play Douglas and we have to beat them. And really, at the end of the day, once we once we once we get to two points against Douglas, we will be in in some form. Obviously, such a tight schedule can can take its toll on the players. Um, were you happy with having the couple of weeks off, or do you feel it might have upset the rhythm of the team? No, we we were happy. It is a it is a very intense uh, championship. We are uh, we were very pleased to, to to get the break. I think the um, the tightness of the schedule has added to the excitement. Um, and I suppose a big other thing of that is had the fans been able to witness the, the games in the flesh, I think there'd be a serious buzz around uh, around Cork Hurling at the moment. I think the um, the competition has been very very good. There's been a few uh, a few upsets in games, and there's been a few excellent performances for players. And um, I think the fans would really have loved to see it, and that's that's really the pity. Now we have to accept the situation, obviously, and and, um, and respect the guidelines, which we all do, even though we'd love to see them differently. We have to acknowledge the um, the work of everybody in keeping the whole country safe so we, without, without doubt we have to respect the situation and I think the um, the championship itself has, has benefited from the intense nature of it and um, we're looking forward to it. the break was welcome gives us a chance to recover a little bit clear up a few niggles and hopefully we'll be uh, fully fit and ready to go for Douglas on Saturday evening Well it certainly will be a tense last round uh, best of luck and thanks for coming on the show Appreciate that and take care that is Middleton boss Ger Fitzgerald speaking ahead of Douglas and Middleton and Porky Cueve this evening uh, 7pm there. Uh, just quickly to update you, it looks to be heading for extra time in the Community Shields at Wembley. It's Arsenal 1, Liverpool 1, 89 minutes on the clock there now. So uh, unless there's a last minute goal there or an injury time goal, there's going to be extra time and possibly a penalty shootout there. Um between Arsenal and Liverpool so we'll keep you up to date on that there but returning to that Douglas and Middleton game tonight we heard from Middleton boss Ger Fitzgerald there Aidan has also been in conversation with uh, Douglas boss Mark O'Callaghan I'm joined by Douglas Senior Hurling Manager Mark O'Callaghan ahead of the Premier Senior Hurling last group round Mark thanks for taking the call Cheers Aidan thanks After two rounds you've given yourselves a chance to get to the quarters with a win is this a scenario you would have been expecting at the start of the campaign? Yeah, uh, definitely. It looks what we've been training for all year. Um, we knew going into the game, Ballyhay first, Sarah second, that regardless of the results in those two games, we were giving ourselves a chance uh, going into the last game against Middleton and exactly where we are now. Um, like I suppose a lot of people don't realise that I know we lost to Sarah's, but even with a win in that game, we still would have had to beat Middleton this Saturday in order to go through. So it is what it is. It's no knockout hurling and uh, we have to get the win Saturday night. I've seen that the club have turned to technology to monitor the players during the hectic schedule. Uh, how beneficial has that been for both yourselves and the coaching staff as well as the players? Yeah, it's been very good. Um, able to, lads are able to check in with uh, the Actimed every day and 
update uh, how their feeling and how their fitness work is going and Adam McCarthy, our strength and conditioning coach, he's been on the ball with us, uh, to be fair to him, um, and Shane Brick, our trainer. And they're able to monitor the lads and uh, the workload and everything that they're doing. So, you're, you know, basically a, a lad is, he's not wearing himself out and uh, you're keeping them fresh for when you need them the most. Even though there won't be a crowd on Saturday, are the players still looking forward to playing at Parky Cueve again? Oh yeah, big time. Um, let's see it there, like on it, the last time we played, Sarah's the pitch is like a carpet, it's, it's where everyone wants to play uh, in Cork. Um, look, the, the spectators thing is disappointing that they're not there, but I think every player will tell you once the game starts, it, they go out of your head anyway. You know, you, um, you don't be thinking about the people in the stand, you're only focused on what's in front of you. Look, as I say, it's disappointing that they're not there for people in the club that can't go to the game and support their team but uh, look it's something we have to get on with these days well best of luck for the weekend and uh, thanks again for coming on cheers thanks a million Douglas boss Marco Callaghan Johnny Dayton uh, that's ahead of the Douglas and Middleton game tonight in Porky Creeve part of a busy busy night of action in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship group stages and uh, all the games as we said 7 o'clock and uh, we'll have reaction from that Middleton and Douglas game on the show tomorrow night here on the Big Red Bench as well uh, let's get an update in the Community Shield it's well into injury time there now into the 92nd minute and it's Arsenal 1 Liverpool 1 still uh, the early goal from Pierre Emmerich Obama Yang giving Arsenal the lead and Minamino getting the equaliser for Liverpool so uh, it looks to be heading for extra time there but we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that for you over the next few minutes um, but right now we are going to chat to Ger McCarthy because uh, it's a busy busy weekend for Ger busy weekend of ladies football I mentioned that incredible uh, more Abbey scoreline earlier on and uh, it's semi-finals tonight uh, so we had the the first semi-final earlier on the second semi-final which Ger is uh, at and which is getting underway in about 10 minutes time at 6.30 uh, so we'll chat to Ger very quickly and he's also going to be at the Beamish Cup soccer-wise tomorrow as well so we'll, we'll, we'll quickly chat about that as well. Uh, Ger, how are you? I'm really good. I'm good to talk to you again. Good stuff. Uh, you've been out and about a busy weekend, Ger, and as I said, it is a busy weekend of ladies football so there's lots going on. What has been happening? Yes, a very busy um, weekend as we head towards the business end of the championships uh, in the Cork LGFA, um, both the Senior A and Senior B. Friday night, both of the Senior B semi-finals took place. Um, St. Val's uh, were the first to reach the Senior B final. They beat um, uh, they they had a one eleven uh, to one five semi-final victory over Bride Rovers in the semi-final. A very very tight game, a very very entertaining game, and one as well that I think um, a lot of people were expecting Bride perhaps to uh, to, to rattle them. But uh, Val's coming through, and they've reached the county final. And in that county final, they will meet Inch Rovers because Inch Rovers also last night on Friday evening had a big win, six ten to two nine away to Kinsale. Um, a fantastic game of football there with um, some of Cork footballs past and present. A lot of very very good players on display there. Orla Finn, Cy Valeri, Quivo Cannon for Kinsale. Um, we're all uh, lined out for them for the home team. But it was Inch Rovers that came through and a big scoreline for them um, coming from behind in the second half. Um, bouncing back from a goal from Aoife Keating for Kinsale and Aoife Walsh and uh, Kira Gilman just two of the players on the, the uh, Inch Rovers team that really stood up and played particularly well and scored some Kira Irwin Sarah Harrington and Lydia Williams uh, just amongst the goals as well for them uh, for Inch Rovers sorry to a big scoreline and to set up a senior B county final meeting with St. Val's Fantastic um, and then it's senior semi-final night tonight sure, and it has been today actually um, I was looking at the score in the Moran Abbey yeah. and Air O game earlier on. That's an incredible score. Am I right in saying 11-12 to 5 points? 
Yes, your eyes do not deceive you, but that is the final score. Because uh, I, I was watching your updates on Twitter earlier on, and I was like, uh, and I was like, is it you're exaggerating here? What's going on? I was kind of seeing like an incredible scoreline. That's huge, isn't it? To put this into context, uh, Colin, this is an Aerol team that already played Morn Abbey earlier in the championship and put in a really, really good display and pushed the reigning All Ireland Munster and County champions all the way in that game. It's the scoreline is you know, eleven, twelve to not five tells me a couple of things. One. Moran Abbey are not giving up any title this year without a fight. And that was a real statement win. I mean, could you ask for more of a cliche than that? But if you're scoring 11-12 against an incredibly talented Aero team, you are definitely, most definitely, putting out a message to everybody, you know, not just inside the county, but outside the county as well, that Moran Abbey are on a roll and are determined to retain their club championship. Um, just looking down through their scores, Laura Fitzgerald finished with five goals and four points. Darren O'Sullivan uh, weighed in with 2-3 and a player that we're going to be hearing a lot more about this year as well called Ellie Jack, a real up-and-comer in that team. She scored 1-3. Kira O'Sullivan got a pair of goals. It's an amazing scoreline, but they are not All-Ireland champions for nothing. I've said it before mm. and I'll say it again. They rarely get the credit they deserve, Morn Abbey. They deserve a lot of credit for what, not just last year, but the last couple of years and their dominance of ladies' football. And if ever you wanted a statement heading into another county final, well, scoring 11-12, I don't think there's much more you can do than that. And uh, another game getting underway shortly, the other semi-final tonight, and you're at that game for us, Ger, as well, and you'll be doing updates throughout the evening on the At Big Red Bench Twitter account, and keeping us up to date on that game. It's the other semi-final. Uh, Moran Abbey await the winners, obviously, between Ahada and West Cork Ladies. How do you see this one going? This, I'm really looking forward to this club. It's going to be a very, very good game. On paper, West Cork are favourites to get through. West Cork, the divisional side, have reached the last two county finals where Mornabi have beat, Mornabi have beat them on both occasions. But this is an up and coming Ahada team. People have watched them over the last few years, winning junior, winning all Ireland titles. And they're, they're up in the senior grade now, perhaps a little earlier than expected, uh, to reach a county A semi-final. But they'll, I, I think that they're, they've enough out of, talent within the team a lot an awful lot of experience as well West Cork are not taking them lightly we, we interviewed on the big red bench Brian McCarthy the manager of West Cork and Carl McAllister the Adam manager earlier in the weekend those interviews are still up on the website if people want to hear them and both teams are looking forward to this and West Cork are certainly not taking that lightly I have a feeling it's going to be a close game there's a huge amount of inter-county talent on display in Cliddles here this evening we'll have updates as, as you said on the big red bench Twitter account but I think West Cork's experiences over the last couple of years should see them through, but I have a feeling this is going to be close. It's going to be a lot closer than the one earlier on today, anyway, you'd imagine. I wouldn't. I'd be amazed. <laughs> I'd be amazed. But uh, very few people were expecting that score today, Colm. I think a lot of people were expecting more Abbey to yeah. get in, but it's worth remembering they are not All-Ireland champions for nothing. And if ever you wanted to send a message to the two teams heading out to the second semi-final, I think kicking 11 goals and 12 points is probably about the best thing like, you could a, possibly that, do. That's a 40-point margin, isn't it? It is, but and like I, I have to keep, I have to reiterate though for those people that know ladies football, it's it's a very humbling scoreline for Airog, but this is a good Airog team. This is yeah. an Airog team that have been in the round of semi-finals for the last few years. Now I was watching it, um, there was live a live stream of it, and you know they didn't do an awful lot wrong in the first half. But once Mornabi get going, once Mornabi get into their groove, they are a machine. I described them as a machine last year. They're all over the pitch. They're physical, they're strong, but they're unbelievably skilled. And if you let them get ahead of you, it is incredibly hard to reel them back in. But I don't think, to be fair to Airog or anyone else, like, you know, when you're scoring five, six goals, perhaps the heads drop for a small bit. And Mornabi are too experienced, too around for far too long not to take advantage of that. But 
it's worth remembering as good as Moran Abbey are and know that they are clear favourites to win the county again this year this Aero team is developing and under Donald O'Cronin and they will be back uh, just while we have you, Jar, before I know you're rushing off for the game, um, you're straying away from GA a little bit tomorrow, I notice, on your Twitter, are you? Uh, because uh, you're sticking with your West Cork roots, but you're straying away from GA a little bit, and you'll be covering the uh, the Beamish Cup final in Turner's Cross. You're onto myself and Rory's territory in Turner's Cross, and uh, it's two West Cork teams there, Clonakilty and Dunmanway. So how how what's how's that shaping up? Um, it's the biggest day of the year for West Cork football uh, in the West Cork League. It's the Cup Final, it's the FA Cup Final equivalent and it's between two very, very talented teams, Clonakilty Town and Dunmanway Town. It's at four o'clock tomorrow in Turner's Cross and you can watch a live feed of it on Fans Voice um, TV. Their website, there'll be a live stream. Unfortunately for both clubs and supporters, I will be doing or providing live commentary. <laughs> the last um, the last game they showed, I did the commentary, so it can only be an improvement, sure. I enjoyed that commentary. Uh, <laughs> that was the Cork City and the Rockland game. That's right. And uh, fair play to you. And I, I'm I'm a bit nervous about it, but as somebody mentioned to me today, me talking about soccer for two hours is nothing new. Um, it's just to remember that you're actually commentating and not talking to myself. But That's look, it. It promises to be a big occasion. It is a huge occasion for West Cork League soccer. It's only the second time a rural division like our own has managed to get our cup final to Turner's Cross in the League of Ireland Stadium. I know both teams are really looking forward to it huge amount of talent on both teams as well and I'm looking forward to, to commentating on it and uh, making about you know at least two mistakes every minute and being told about it on social media that's alright as well Kabir uh, who's your money on there so ha <laughs> Uh, thanks really uh, being a Clonakilty native but having lots of friends in Dunmanway um, I actually you're going to I sit on the fence so are you I think Dunmanway legit you'll be ran out of clan for that prediction <laughs> alright Ger listen thanks a million we'll leave you get, get to the game there because uh, obviously it's starting very very shortly so Ger thanks a million and uh, we'll chat to you over the weekend alright nice one talk to you soon nice one Ger alright um, you see sometimes I get things a little bit wrong you know the odd side <laughs> and I got it wrong and I've been saying it twice or three times in the show that the Arsenal-Liverpool game was heading for extra time of course Um the Community Shield, they, they don't do extra time anymore. They go straight to penalties. So it has finished um, in full time. Arsenal won, Liverpool won. And it has gone to a penalty shootout. Just keeping an eye on it there now. Penalty shootout ongoing. And um, yep, they have just actually, uh, Liverpool just missed a penalty. So it's 3-2 to Arsenal there in the penalty shootout at the moment. So we'll keep you up to date on how that is going uh, right across the, the show there. It'll be, it'll be done in a few minutes. And we'll have Community Shield winners in a couple of minutes time. Um, and then the Premier League, of course, is back in two weeks' time. It's only finished a few weeks ago and it's back for a brand new season. Saturday, two weeks, the Premier League gets underway with a big programme of games. Uh, some of the big opening ones, Liverpool and Leeds will be a cracking opening game on the opening day of the season in two weeks' time. Before that, it's international football next week. Um, and the Republic of Ireland are playing their first game in ages and it's their first game under new manager Stephen Kenny he announced his squad for the for the Nations League games against Bulgaria and Finland during the week and no place for Shawnee Maguire formerly of Cork City the Preston man left out of the squad uh, no place either for Jack Byrne of Shamrock Rovers who impressed in recent outings but he's also been left out of the squad which surprised a lot of people because Stephen Kenny would be seen as a bit of a League of Ireland man and leaving Jack Byrne out was quite a surprise uh, he has called up under 21 Nationals Jason Malumbi and Adam Ida is uh, called up as well uh, for that uh, promoted to the first team squad for the uh, first time by Stephen Kenny uh, so we'll keep an eye on those games next week looking forward to seeing uh, the New Ireland set up actually against Bulgaria and Finland right you're on the big red bench here in Cork's Red FM it's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock and we've got loads more to come more Gaelic games to come before 7 o'clock we're going to hear from the Town camp after their victory over Cloyne this afternoon we're also going to hear from Cove Ram 
gamblers ahead of their big FAI Cup clash against League of Ireland champions Dundalk in St. Coleman's Park tomorrow evening. Uh, we're also going to hear next, we're going to turn our attention to golf and we're going to be chatting to James Sugru, Cork golfer, who's going to be taking part. This is impressive. He's going to be taking part in the US Open at Winged Foot and in the US Masters as well at Augusta. I mean, take a part of the US Masters is an amazing thing. He's from Cork. He's from down Mallow direction. He's going to join us on the show. He's up next after the break. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, welcome back. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you on the bench until 7 o'clock this evening. Lots more to come. Uh, just to update to you, it has finished at Wembley and Arsenal have won their second trophy in the space of a few weeks. Obviously, FA Cup champions winning the final a few weeks ago and they've just beaten Liverpool on penalties. 5-4, the final score on penalties. Uh, Rian Brewster was the man who missed a penalty for Liverpool. He missed their third penalty and Aubameyang uh, scored Arsenal's final penalty to secure the victory for them. He had scored for them in normal time as well to give them the lead Minamino had equalised to make it one all after normal time and it went straight to penalties no extra time straight to penalties and a 5-4 victory for Arsenal so they are Community Shield winners it's a trophy it's not It's not a big deal really the Community Shield but uh, I'm sure Mikel Arteta and all the Arsenal squad will be delighted to win it nonetheless uh, so well done to uh, any Arsenal fans who are listening happy out there now with that this evening and uh, hopefully you, might, you know if you're an Arsenal fan you might be thinking that I'll give him a bit of a boost ahead of the new Premier League st- season starting in two weeks time. Lots to come on the show between now and seven. We'll hear from Cove Ramblers, as I said, in just a little while um, ahead of their uh, big match tomorrow. We'll also briefly hear from the Munster Camp and we'll hear from Town as well. But right now we're going to turn our attentions to golf because uh, Corkman James Sugru He's the 2019 amateur champion. He's from Mallow. Uh, he won the, the, he became amateur champion last year. And that meant he was invited to lots of prestigious tournaments. He was invited to play the memorial tournament at Muirfield in Ohio back in July, uh, by Jack Nicholas himself, but he couldn't go due to travel restrictions and a bit of messing with the visa and so on. Um, he was obviously supposed to play earlier on in the year in both the US Open and the wonderful US Masters at Augusta, which is the pinnacle of golf for any golfer. It's a, it's an amazing event. It really, really is. And um, as I was saying to, to James, like just to, just to even go to Augusta as a supporter uh, is an amazing thing. And never mind going and actually playing in the tournament. So it's great to have a court guy going over there. He gets to play in the US Masters. Obviously, rearranged. It's always in April around Easter time. It's now going to take place in November at Augusta. And uh, next month in September, the US Open is going to be at Winged Foot. So um, it's, it's, it's exciting times, but it's been a frustrating year um, for James overall, really, because there's been a lot of postponements and he hasn't had much time to get competitive practice and so on. So uh, he joins me now. Uh, thanks for joining us, James. And I suppose i just saying that's kind of been a frustrating year for you really yeah um, thanks for having me on but um, yeah it's been a disaster of a year to be honest um, every tournament that I've kind of that was planned for me and that I was supposed to play in just seemed to kind of be, be postponed at the last minute um, for the Masters I was I was going to that a few weeks up until it end and it just got cancelled and um, yeah it's just been yeah it's been it's been hard to kind of year as well, you know, because I don't know what things that are on now mightn't go ahead, or you know, yourself. It's just it's it's tough to plan, and obviously missing out on all the majors and stuff is a bit of a blow. But looking forward to to going to Wingfoot next month, and um, hopefully, hopefully we get over there and, and everything goes according to plan. 
Fingers crossed. And that'll be for the, the US Open, which will be great to take part in the wing foot in September. But if we cast our minds back, I suppose, that the US Masters was supposed to be James in April, as it always is, at Augusta National. Um, probably the most prestigious event in the world in golf. Amazing for anyone to say that they, they even went to the US Masters as a spectator, never even mind playing in it. Um, and you were all geared up for us. Uh, I would imagine in February and March you were preparing and then COVID struck and it struck in a way that none of us kind of expected so suddenly to happen and it did it to sport right across across the world really and every sport in every country was just shut down and the Masters was postponed we didn't know if it was ever going to go ahead it does look like it's going to go ahead in November now but that must have been a huge blow at the time especially when preparations had been I suppose you had been gearing up for it so much Yeah exactly um, obviously the Masters is the Masters you know people who don't have any interest in golf watch the Masters it's it's great viewing, and it's it's. Um, I was just I just couldn't wait to get over there. I had never been there before, um, so I was just really buzzing to kind of get over there, and you know the whole atmosphere and everything. I played in the Open already, and that was unreal. And I I would have assumed that the Masters would have been kind of another step up, but yeah, it's a, I suppose I'm kind of the worst thing about it is that my parents and family and stuff can't go you know, to US Open or the Masters. Um like I'll still get to play but, you know, it was a it was a great trip for them as yeah. well. They were they were equally as looking forward to it and um no they won't get to go so that's that's a real bummer. That is that is a real kind of puts a downer on it, I suppose, for you. It's still going ahead in November, but it will be behind closed doors at Augusta. It'll still be fantastic, James, but there will be that element of you'd love to have your family there, your friends there, and even just the atmosphere of the Augusta crowd, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, Augusta is associated with, the, you know, the crowd, the who's and the as and the, and the back nine <laughs> on Sunday. Like, it's, it, it's going to be different, but, you know, watching, watching some of the PGA Tour events so far, like with no crowds and stuff, it is kind of good as well. You can... You kind of have you're, you almost feel like you you can hear what the players are saying and things like that. So it will be it will be, it'll be different and it'll be good to be, I suppose, involved in in the Masters that was in November. You know, it'll be it'll be a different one. But well, it's, it's a unique thing to say, anyway, isn't it? Masters yeah. in November. Exactly, exactly. But um, no, I'm just I suppose now just hoping that it goes ahead mm. and just gearing towards it. Really, U.S. Open first, obviously, next month, and then. And then the Masters in November. And the US Open is is very soon on the horizon. That's in September at Wingfoot in New York. So you must be getting ready for that now. But how are preparations? How have they been? Because obviously everything is different with all the restrictions and so on. There's probably not been many tournaments you could play in. Are you just out in the course yourself, just playing away? Yeah, as you said there, I was supposed to last week, um, the amateur was on, or the, the amateur, the closing date for the amateur was last week. And um, I was I was playing in it, but then, you know, they released another uh, line of restrictions mm-hmm. to say that golf was kind of unnecessary travel, and the GOI kind of advised us not to go as well. So, so we couldn't go to that. And you know, yeah, it is. It, it's been, um, I suppose, it's been just a year of of postponements and cancellations in in my calendar. But yeah, I suppose the bigger picture. You know, it is dangerous to go over there and, you know, come back here and try and isolate at home, putting, like, my family and stuff in. Mm. It's a little bit of danger as well. 
What's the situation with travel from your perspective then, James? Obviously, we know there's huge restriction on travel going to the United States at the moment. Do you have some sort of exemption for, for the sporting events? Um, kind of. I, I suppose what's really killing me is the fact that I'm an amateur. Um, if I was a professional, you're, you kind of you go in you go into a different bracket of mm. you know it's your job and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is very tricky. And my caddy as well, Connor Connor Dowling, yeah. he's coming he's coming over with me. And it's yeah, it is it, it is tricky. Right, to be fair to try and get visas and and whatnot. Would you have any worries about going to the states at the moment? The way things are over there. I. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a bit hectic over there. Right? If I was <laughs> going over, I'd be, I'd be kind of going from my hotel room. To the, the hotel golf room course. on the golf course is about as far as yeah. you go. I'd say absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you nearly got over in July, actually, for the memorial tournament at Muirfield. They invited you over to play, didn't they? And you were going, and there was kind of a bit of a, a bit of messing with the visa and so on, and you didn't get there in the end either. Yeah, yeah. That that was another one that I was kind of, <laughs> I was going to up until like. A week, a week before it, and then it's just kind of the visas or something. I don't know. I, I, I'm not dealing with like the visas or anything, but yeah, they they didn't come through. Or I think mine came through, but my caddies didn't, or something like that. But yeah, it was it? But thankfully, I was on to Jack Nicholas runs the tournament, and he he kindly said that he um that he'd give me an invitation next year. And you know, so that's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's brilliant. For Jack Nicholas to personally invite you is is an amazing thing for any golfer. Yeah, yeah, no, it was yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool one. All right, um, hopefully next year, obviously, hopefully this will be this will be all over and um, we'll be over there. Brilliant, and you might have crowds by then. Who knows, uh, James? But uh, before that, you have the U.S. Open and you have the Masters in Augusta, which are going to be fantastic towards the back end of the year in September and November. So you're all excited about them now. But it's been strange for sport and strange for golf in general. What do you make of the decision to postpone the Ryder Cup? Do you think it was a good idea? It, it, like, I mean, a lot of people saying the Ryder Cup isn't the Ryder Cup without the crowds and the atmosphere. So do you think it's a good idea to postpone it? Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely do. Um, as you said, it's you know, the Ryder Cup revolves around the fans. Um, you know, I, I just couldn't imagine a Ryder Cup without any fans. I couldn't imagine a good Ryder Cup without any fans anyway. Uh, looking at the, the Masters and, and the USO, but obviously you'll be giving it your best shot yourself, but uh, I mean, you're seeing how guys are playing with the PGA Tour back. Who, who do you fancy for those tournaments? Um, I think, I, uh, I think for my, I think McElroy, if McElroy, if McIlroy turns up, I think that he's that him and Brooks are kind of like a cut above the rest. Um, I think it's hard to look past the two of them, and obviously Shane as well. Like if Shane, yeah. if Shane, if Shane plays well, he'll be right up there. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm a bit of a McIlroy fan. I think he's I think he's the man. I think he's the man to beat when he's on. And that's just assuming these guys. Assuming you're not the winner, obviously, James. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'd never know, though. You'd never know. Yeah. Could we have a Corkman win the US Masters? <laughs> You'll give it a lash anyway, won't you? I will, of course. I will. Great stuff. Listen, uh, James, thanks a million for chatting to us. Uh, we might give you a shout again, have a chat closer to the, the Open and the Masters, all right?
absolutely. Cheers, Colin. Thanks, James. All right, James Sugru, Cork golfer, who will be competing um, in the US Open and the US Masters over the next couple of months, which is fantastic. Now we're going to turn our attentions back to uh, football again. And uh, it's a big weekend of action, really. There's loads of stuff going on. So we have got um, Cork City in action in the FAI Cup on Monday night, a 5.45 kickoff against Shamrock Rovers, the cup holders. It's going to be a tough tie for Cork City. So we'll have a preview of that game on the show tomorrow night. Uh, I'll be speaking to manager Neil Fan ahead of that game. And also a big game then tomorrow evening for Cove Ramblers, who also have a tough FAI Cup tie, but uh, it's a side they faced a couple of times over the last few years. They also faced league champions Dundalk in the FAI Cup last year. They were beaten by Dundalk in the FAI Cup last year. And the previous season, they faced Dundalk in the League Cup when they famously knocked them out in the semi-final to qualify for the final of the League Cup, which they were beaten in by Derry subsequently. But Cove Ramblers preparing to face Dundalk in the FAI Cup tomorrow evening. Ramblers will, of course, um, have keen memories of that EA Sports Cup League Cup semi-final uh, a couple of years ago and uh, they go into the game on the good run of form actually a couple of good wins for Ramblers over the last few weeks and Cove midfielder Dave Hurley has been chatting to Rory um, on the Ramblers pre-match press conference during the week and he told Rory that he's enjoying his football with Ramblers at the moment Yeah it's brilliant at the moment um, it's just the way we're playing as a team really the way we're kind of pressing and everything we're kind of pressing in the opposition half so then we're winning the ball up high and we're able to play football in that half which is kind of where you want to be playing it because like if you're playing around the back all the time you know it's kind of it's tougher to kind of get on the ball and stuff when you're come under pressure so the way we're playing at the moment we're pressing teams high loads of energy so like when you get on the ball then you kind of have more space and we're kind of tiring teams out so then even like towards the second half in the game against Longford you could see they were kind of tiring whereas we were still flying fit which is a good sign as well because over the lockdown we've done loads of work so like it's good that it's paying off and yeah kind of when you are flying fit and the team's playing well. If, if you're playing well yourself, then it kind of just adds to it, which is uh, it's very good and I'm really enjoying it at the moment as well. Dog, Dave, you're probably going to likely see less of the ball and maybe trying to have to contain them. Is that something you're kind of anticipating over the 90 minutes this weekend? Yeah, I know. We're probably not going to get as much time and space on the ball as you as you normally would. Um, but that's just part and parcel of the game. Do you know, it's... It's my fourth time playing Dundalk now, so it's like it's nearly. It's, I'm used to it at this stage, so you kind of know what type of game you're in for. And obviously, there's loads going on with them, so you kind of. But you know that you're still going to be playing the quality team, and you know we're going to have a game plan for it, and hopefully it'll work out. And even if, even if you know things um, happen differently in the game, you know we'll kind of just have to adapt to that as a team. But yeah, kind of being without the ball is a completely different game, but it's a game we're kind of ready for as well because we're we'll. Um, We'll hopefully work on it and we'll hopefully um, have a good game plan going into the game. And as you said, there is a lot going on with them. Do you feel it's a good time to be playing them? Yeah, it's a good time to be playing, even that we're in good form as well, which is another thing to add as well, because like obviously there, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, but then again, they're still one of the best teams in Ireland. And if you just look at their squad, there's quality throughout the squad. Like, um, So no matter what team comes out with them, it's still going to be a very good off form. There's still going to be quality players, but... Um, yeah, hopefully, like they, you kind of nearly hope they won't be 100% at it, but you know, it, chances are they will because you know they're all professional players and they're high quality players, but hopefully, you can give them a good run anyway. That is Cove Ramblers midfielder Dave Hurley talking to Rory in the Cove Ramblers pre match press conference during the week ahead of their match in the FBI Cup against Dundalk tomorrow evening. Now, in that press conference, Ramblers boss Stuart Ashton revealed 
that goalkeeper Paul Hunt wasn't in the squad for the game. And this is a bit of a strange situation. It's because he hasn't turned up for training after losing his place in the starting eleven to Sean Barron. So uh, there's been no sign of him. And uh, Stuart Ashton have been trying to contact him and so on. Uh, this is what Ashton had to say about the situation and whether or not there was any way back for Hunt and if he'd possibly have to bring in another keeper to replace him. He's not, no. He's, he's not around... Uh um, unfortunately, he hasn't turned up for training since he was left out. So um, that's the situation at the minute. Sure, just to clarify in the Paul Hunt situation, did he not turn up for training after the Wexford game or was it the Longford game? And have you spoken to him about it or what's the story? He, he hasn't turned up after the Wexford game. Um, and um, he's... He, as I say, he hasn't turned up for for both after straight after the Wexford game. He didn't turn up for training, and he hasn't he hasn't replied to any calls or anything. So he's, he hasn't made any contact with us. So is it or? Well, yeah, you know, you know, he. I can I can only try phone in and messages etc. And there's no calls. So from that point of view, it's it's I know it is what it is. Obviously, you know, it, it's one that we're, um, you're looking at positions as management all the time, you know, what can we bring in and what can we bring in? Um, but, you know, we've, we've brought Sean in, uh, when we did a month or so ago. Um, and we still have, um, Gav there who, who hasn't, hasn't done anything wrong. He's, he's waiting his chance, you know, he's, He's still able to play underage with the 19, so he'll be getting his game time with those. And he, he trains in and around the squad all the time, so he's getting the experience from that as well. And you know, um, especially in, in the next in the next week or so, if need be, you know, either or could be in the team. Like you know, they don't have we don't have a problem with that one. Obviously, you know. Um, Hunty is a big loss with his experience. You know, we, we rated him as one of the best keepers. So it's 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 just what it is at the minute, and um, we we move on from it. But no, there's no no urgency. As I say, we've got a young um, a young lad there who's who has the potential, um, and if he if he if he follows that up, he he'll have a great career in the, in the game as well. So. We're, you know, we're we're happy enough at the minute. It's Cove Ramblers boss Stuart Ashton ahead of their game against Dundalk in the FAI Cup tomorrow evening down in uh, St. Coleman's Park. We're going to briefly return to Gaelic games now because Neusestown met Cloyne in Porky Ring earlier on today. A clash that would determine which club would progress to the knockout stages of the Senior A Hurling Championship and despite two early goals from Cloyne teenager Noel Cahill, Neusestown were 12-point winners in that match. Two goals coming in the final 10 minutes through Tyke Toomey and Fionn Keane. Lauren Guilfoyle was there for us and she spoke to Neusestown manager Jim O'Sullivan after the game and they also touched on the club's busy dual schedule. Jim, uh, coming today, obviously lost the last day out. A lot of pressure on today's uh, game. Yeah, there was huge pressure. Yeah, um, I suppose you know the, the new format of, of everything. You know, any any team could have gone through out of each, each of the three groups. So just, we were happy enough to get through. Um, it was a tough game. I suppose at half time we were down a point, and uh, we gave away two bad goals. But uh, credit to Klein, they took them and. Uh, we pumped that in the second half so happy with that the game kind of ebbed and flowed and I suppose you started quite well but then Klein did come back into it but that third quarter was probably the changing point 
It was, yeah. But um, Kleiner always going to, they were a good club and good hurlers and they, they were very slick in the first half. Um, they, as I said, they took their chances. But in the second half, we got into it and uh, we picked off a couple of nice scores and towards the end and um, got two goals, so which was, it was pleasing. I'm sure tightening up that full back line was probably something that you were paying close attention to in that first period. Yeah, well, Klein played a two-man full forward, which we knew really. Like so, and in fairness, I don't know what the full forward or the corner forward or number thirteen. I think um, he was very fast. Mm-hmm. So, and we got the grips with it, and uh, our half back line dropped a small bit in the second half. So, um, and it made it easier for the full back line then. Mm-hmm. A good all-round team performance today. A good spread spread of sco- scorers as, as well. I, I don't know really what, what the scores <laughs> who got the scores or whatever but um, it was it was pleasing 224 in any game is good, it's good scoring so um, that was pleasing and heading in now to the knockout stages football I suppose over the next couple of weeks is that kind of a, a fear going forward of, of that selection in, in, in terms of the starting 15 and picking up niggles here and there or, or how, how, how are your thoughts on that um, I suppose look I suppose we're all happy if you're playing um, whether it's football or hurling um, we're playing football next week so you know it, it, people are our players are going to pick up niggles mm. and you know we have a couple of players coming back from injuries uh, that didn't play yet so you know there's going to be competition for places the boys are going to go away playing uh, training of football you know as much as they can this week they're playing Cabaret Rangers on Sunday I think so you know we'll just have to assess it then when they come back and lastly I suppose the end of the group stages now what's your Reflection on that in terms of the changes from the last couple of seasons. I like it. Being totally honest, I think it's um, it's a good format. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said there before the game, uh, you know there, there was a number of every club had an, an interest in today because mm-hmm. some clubs were looking to top the group and get go straight to the semi final. Other clubs were trying to like like today trying to qualify, and other and the, the other clubs in were trying to stay out of the relegation battle. But the one the one fear I have and looking forward is um, that when you're a dual club. That playing both, like that's six out of seven weeks where our lads are going to be involved, and we tw- 12 players playing both mm-hmm. uh, start in the starting and there's more on, on the bench then so that is tough and that is Lauren speaking to New Town manager Jim O'Sullivan after their win over Cloyne today uh, right nearly out of time we're very very briefly going to turn our attentions to rugby and uh, Munster back in action against Connacht tomorrow um, after their narrow defeat oh my god they nearly they nearly got a result against Leinster last week but a narrow defeat against Leinster up in the Aviva Stadium so in action against Connacht tomorrow and uh, we're going to hear from Munster out half JJ Hanren right now and firstly he's speaking about playing alongside new signing Damien Delande. What kind of options does he give me? Yeah and what's it like playing with him? Yeah incredible um, I've only played once, once from so far but um, obviously his CV speaks for himself um, he's been in the game a long time he's um, incredibly um, I suppose he's achieved a lot in the game in terms of winning World Cups and stuff so that's, it's great to have that kind of person alongside you but um, he has um, a lot of time in the ball He's very, very good skills. I think people underestimate his skill on the ball. Um, so he is very, very good, and he's, he's well able to run a run a line as well, which is massive. And I think um, having that outside you is great. And it's good that we have Dukes added to the back line. Um, we have a few other good centres there as well. So between, I say, the four or five lads we have in the centre, um, I think there's there's plenty of numbers to go around, and um, everyone can learn off each other and help each other. Sorry, I'm just wondering about Stephen Larkham and the influence that he has on on the backs. As a coach, what you've personally learned from him, and then the second part of it is just in relation to the game last weekend. Did you feel that you left some opportunities out there from a scoring point of view? Um, yeah. So for, first of all, on Steve, yeah, we've um, probably 
as I said, probably one of the first times in my life I've been coached by a proper, like an out and out 10, so he probably knows exactly what you're thinking and on the field, the pressures that you feel. Um, he, can, he can really relate to me specifically and the other tens in the club about what goes through our head at certain points of time so he definitely understands what's going through our heads on the field off the field it's pretty similar we see the game quite similarly um, we, like, it's really really enjoyable to work with at that level and um, to chat to him about certain details and certain things that I never would have thought about in the game and certain ways in terms of just about calmness and, and, and getting right intensity levels and seeing pictures at the right time is all stuff he brings to the game and obviously he, he puts a lot of um, structure in place for us to get freedom if that makes sense so when you have structure it actually creates freedom and um, so there's, I don't have to look for fellas anymore I pretty much know where everyone is all, at all times and uh, he brings all that kind of stuff to the game which has been excellent um, regarding the weekend yeah there was definitely a couple of opportunities we left there's two clear-cut opportunities that we left out there anyway that we didn't exploit or didn't take. Um, one of them we actually took later on in the move and we, we, we got a try off it, but we missed a few opportunities there, which is which is a positive um, that they're there, first of all. It's a negative that we missed them, obviously, but um, there's still definitely opportunities that we could have um, capitalised on that game, which is disappointing, but um, hopefully we can set that right this week against Connacht. That is Munster out half, JJ Hanrahan speaking ahead of their match against Connacht uh, tomorrow and we'll have reaction to that game tomorrow as well on the Big Red Bench. Loads of stuff coming up on the show tomorrow, actually. Also previewing the um, Cork City and Shamrock Rovers game down or up in Tala in Dublin on the in the FAI Cup on Monday evening. All the reaction to a huge night of action of hurling tonight, including a uh, reaction to uh, pretty much all the games. We'll have a reaction to them uh, from Porky Cueve as well. And... Plenty more tomorrow from 7 with Rory in the hot seat. I'm back on air tomorrow evening from, or tomorrow afternoon, even from 2 p.m. Listen, have a great Saturday night. Stevie G is all the tunes on the way for you, and I'll chat to you tomorrow from 2. Have a good Saturday night. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.